0: This is Jen Rubin, columnist for The Washington Post, contributor to MSNBC, author of How Women Saved America from Donald Trump. I'm here to tell you all about my new podcast, Jen Rubin's Green Room. It's for people who love politics, love gossiping about politics, but are bored by the same old, same old that you get on cable TV and in newspapers. We're going to have guests who will talk gossip and the inside stories of Washington, but we're also going to have guests who will talk about deadly, serious subjects, guns, race, religion, I'm delighted to announce my very first guest will be George Conway, an extraordinary litigator and an expert on Trump's brain. Keep up with the show every Wednesday when you follow Jen Rubin's Green Room on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I can't wait for you to join us.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to today's emergency episode of the mary trump show with the nerd avengers um hmm. you know the occasions uh to wear my impeach the mother already t-shirts is is are running out um you so. know you
2: could just take a sharpie to that and make it indict the mf yeah. you know
1: yeah well oh, uh that's, that's really what i Sorry, Norm, go ahead. Make it convict. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: It, I think
1: you're right. We need to change because I, I actually I meant to say indict, but yeah. like the rest of you, I'm very tired. <laughs> <laughs> so I said impeach, but we've done that already. And yeah. hopefully there will be no more opportunities for that. I meant indict. There will there will undoubtedly be other indictments, but I'm with you, Norm. I'm changing it to convict the motherfucker <laughs> ready. Uh so Norm, um, just want to get your general impression of today I, I there are a few things i want to get in into including some abysmal coverage of what happened today uh the yeah i know brian brian is is leaping out of his chair to get to that um but also you know some things that did not transpire that we were worried might transpire uh the issue of being basically blacked out from knowing at all what's happening in the courtroom, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, But let's start with just your general impressions.
3: Um, Okay. First, uh, we will get to more comments about the abysmal coverage. I have to say that when uh, MSNBC uh, interrupted its analysis to go to uh, Trump's uh, one of Trump's I used the term, advisory lawyer, uh, Haba, um, who just repeated a bunch of lies. Um, it made me uh, throw up a little bit in my mouth. And then I kept switching back and forth with CNN, but uh, the, it's not like anything was much better. And right. on CNN, one thing that just drove me nuts was, and it's not just CNN, this is uh, endemic to, uh, I think, all electronic media. They were having what actually was a pretty good conversation about national security with former General Mark Hurtling and mm-hmm. James Clapper. And Hurtling was in the middle of a pretty interesting comment when they interrupted him to go to the garage where at some point Trump would emerge so that we could have scenes of a bunch of black cars driving away. And it just is, it's such an embarrassment to the whole nature of what news and news coverage is. Now, that aside, if I could trade the non-televised coverage of an arraignment for televised coverage of a trial, I would do it in a nanosecond. Because in a lot of ways, I don't much care what was going on in the courtroom. We got descriptions, he looked serious, he folded his arms. He twiddled his thumbs. He was sitting there with uh, his co-conspirator who apparently had dinner with him last night and does not have his own lawyer, which one would think would be um, an absolute set of no-nos. But I can live without that. What I'm fearful of is that canon, and it actually fits what uh, normally happens in federal criminal trials, does not allow television coverage, and maybe even, just as with the arraignment, says no phones, no cameras, no tape uh, of anything that's going on, so that we don't get the powerful evidence, which we already know from uh, the indictment, the 37 counts, of what horrific things Donald Trump did to violate the law, obstruct justice, engage in a conspiracy, and endanger American national security—that to me is so important. Whether he's convicted or not, if it's ten two because you got a couple of Trumpists in the uh, in, in the uh, jury pool, or eleven to one, or even nine to three, whatever it may be, I want voters who have even the slightest amount of ability to open up their minds. Understand that what Donald Trump did is unprecedented in the history of America. is different from every other president, from every other candidate. has nothing to do with what Mike Pence or Joe Biden or anybody else might have done. And if we don't get that, uh, it's going to be really, really bad for the country.
1: Yeah, um, I I think that's that's absolutely true and the you know cutting away to Bedminster or not wherever he was who cares wherever he was driving from are the is the motorcade coming out? Somebody told me that Jake Tapper referred to the motorcade as looking presidential and I that just makes you want to jump off a cliff um and uh but as to <clears throat> the issue of having a camera in the courtroom, uh there I think there are two reasons that you touched on uh, that make it vitally important. One, obviously, is that Judge Cannon has shown herself to be not just incompetent, but a partisan hack. She can't be trusted. So we need whatever mechanisms that are available to us to make sure that she's aware that she's being watched. Um, But Brian, I think maybe a more important reason Is that, you know, and this is anecdotal evidence, but I've heard enough reporters who've spoken to the, you know, couple dozen people. Just as a quick aside, the reason it looks like there's so many of them is because their cars are really, really big and their flags are really, really big. They're just a a few tiny people. Um, So anyway, um, but they're telling reporters that they haven't even read the indictment because they don't trust the DOJ. Hmm. Wonder why? So we need cameras in the courtroom because they will watch. They will watch because I assume Donald will have to be there. I could be wrong. I don't think he had, can he opt out the way he did in the E.G. Carroll trial? No, no. So they will, they will have a choice then of believing their own lying eyes or believing Donald Trump. Right.
4: they'll always believe Donald Trump if they follow Donald Trump.
1: OK, and, but I, you I, don't I, think you don't think that that watching everything that's presented. Yeah. I, and I, I'm not talking about the cult members. I'm talking yeah. about, you know, people who might still have a couple of brain cells to rub together.
4: Well, that, that one would hope. I think the biggest problem, uh, the biggest concern, of course, is uh, how Donald Trump will uh, uh, purport himself, how he'll act in a courtroom. And so if a camera is there he might act one way if the cameras not there he might act another and I think they're mm-hmm. trying to keep down the you know trying to keep down the brush fires when, in my case against Donald Trump when we filed suit against Donald Trump and we had to appear three times in federal court to uh, to keep my press pass there were no cameras in the courtroom either it's kind of that's kind of the federal courtroom standard and I think I don't think they're going to change it in, in Donald Trump's um case although you give a compelling reason why i i just don't see it being changed that much but it it will it's going to do a couple things it's going to you know you saw me nodding my head in the bobble fashion thank you jen (laughs) that was my bobble head but yeah yeah you're going to see because of that the coverage of this is going to be as pathetic as it was today um i mean when you have his. Mouthpiece's current mouthpiece equating love for country to love of Donald. What happens is when you don't see things for yourself, you give them that that room to spin, uh, and give them the ability to to forward their lies without being seen directly opposed to the facts in the case. And it's the facts in the case that are going to be um, compelling. And they've already spun that. And and uh, real quick, I'll just go through what look. This act started with Ronald Reagan, <clears throat> and when you get when a president leaves office, or when anyone leaves office, they especially the president they pack their stuff up real quick. I mean, the day of inauguration, nobody's moved. Right, uh, four or five hours later, it's all gone. They bring in dozens of trucks, hundreds of people. They pack stuff up and they move it away. And the last few weeks of of any White House, is as hectic as it gets with you know, trying to train new staff, getting new people in. Your people are leaving. Their people are coming in. When you and I move, if I move, you know, I, I recently moved, you know, to split my house and have, I, I'm, fine, I'm still finding stuff in boxes. The National uh, Archives Records Act, those people, they come in and go, look, are by the way, we checked out. You have this. You have that. When you get a chance, give back to us. Technically, you're not supposed to leave the White House with anything that's, you know, records, but they give you a grace period. They're, they're not, you know, ep, you know, not inhuman. They go, all right, look, I, I know you were in a hurry. You moved quick. When you get a chance, get this stuff back. And everybody does, except Donald Trump. Right. not only lied about having the stuff in a letter. And the, this is all a, an unforced error. If he had just given the stuff back, we wouldn't be sitting here having this
0: conversation. Okay,
1: I object to the characterization. It wasn't an error he did on purpose. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, yeah. so uh, Jen, Jen Rubin, go ahead.
0: Um, a couple things. One, he was not charged, I believe, with any document that he gave back voluntarily to exactly. the National Archives, even though there had been a delay, even though he took things he was not supposed to.
1: They Jen- have. Can I interrupt you for one second, because this is really important, but if you could just speak briefly about the levels of, uh, what am I trying to say, Uh, the extent to which Donald was given enormous leeway here, and how at the very outset, we cannot pretend that he's being treated like anybody else. right.
0: First of all, this was a period of 18 months. If you or I had national security documents, they would be in our homes in a nanosecond. So the sheer passage of time. First of all, the National Archives went back and forth with him, back and forth with him very patiently for months. They then turned it over to the Justice Department. The Justice Department talked to him. The Justice Department then sent a subpoena. They responded to the subpoena. They then learned that the subpoena really was not uh, complied with. They then went to a judge. They showed probable cause. They got a warrant. And lo and behold, they turned up more documents. And it is from those more documents that he took improperly. He did not respond to in a in response to a subpoena, he moved around and ultimately had to be recovered through a court-ordered search that we are talking about. So the notion that this is just like anybody is just wrong. I, I don't even know of any, um, forget about the presidential cases. In the other cases, there was none of this. None of this.
4: They were very... Alone,
0: put, put aside for the moment that they were... The, level of secrets and put aside for a moment the fact he was reading them to people in his place and put aside from a moment that he was ordering them be moved around, you know, like um, a, uh, you know, a game of uh, three card Monty. So that's first. Second, you are absolutely right that the norm in federal court is that cameras are not there. The norm is wrong and the press should be, fight to change it courts are not some special thing um this is a court invented rule for courts we have cameras in congress we have cameras in congressional hearings there is no reason why we cannot have audio recordings we get audio recordings of the supreme court for goodness sakes um they're released afterwards um You don't want to reveal the identities of the jurors. Fine, you're not allowed to take pictures of them or to name them. Generally, the press has complied with that. They did in the Eugene Carroll case, but to not have cameras is such an abrogation of the First Amendment. We have put up with this for way too long. It's a disgrace, Um, and I really wish the media, my employers, and others would fight harder on these cases.
3: They won't
0: the courts and. Push and push and push. Third point. I think part of the difficulty here is that, as you say, everything is spun. The elected Republicans pretend not to have read the indictment. Everybody ducks. Um, Fox News will not cover the trial unless they could come up with something you know, helpful. If it's on, it's on and everybody has to watch, and they will watch.
1: Yeah, now, absolutely. absolutely. think Just
0: think back to Watergate. Right. We were all glued. Think back to OJ. We were yeah. all glued to it. The country was watching. I will say this. During the e. Jean Carroll lawsuit, when we did not have cameras in the courtroom, it was almost like a federal court. We didn't have cameras. They couldn't broadcast directly. We got accounts afterwards. We nevertheless did get some very good reporting out of that. And we will have more of that this time. But it is not a substitute. The notion that this is a substitute for the First Amendment, for the public's right to know for the First Amendment is nonsense. There is no reason why it can't be recorded. And you know who should want this more than anyone else? should be Judge Cannon. Because yes. her reputation is on the line. If she actually wants to play it straight and get back some of her reputation, this is the way to do it.
1: Yeah. Uh, Jen, I want to talk about uh, Alien Cannon in a, l- later, because I know you just wrote a piece about why she shouldn't even be allowed to say whether or not there's a camera in the courtroom, because she shouldn't be in the courtroom. Uh, but I, I want to switch gears for a second. Um, well, and first point out that yeah, you're right. There was good live tweeting and reporting uh, from the Manhattan courthouse uh, during Eugene Carroll's civil trial. But let, let's say you write f- uh, about it in The Washington Post. Gentile live tweets it. Norm does a podcast about it with Kavita Patel. Brian writes about it. I I nobody's got nobody who needs to see this trial more than anybody else is going to read our take on it right they need it on television uh and i don't i don't think audio does the trick either um okay so gentile one of the things that i for some reason maybe i'm maybe i'm missing something but what seems to have gotten lost is why these charges are so serious yes it's the kinds of documents he stole and i'm not using the word allegedly because we know he stole them so there you go uh it's the consequences the potential damage that was done by his retention of the documents and by the fact that we don't know what he did with them people's lives were at stake here and may still be he had what is known as human intelligence sensitive compartmentalized intelligence having to do with agents in the field who were and still are at risk. So am I wrong? There is nothing more important to the quality of my life than getting deep restful sleep. And one of the things that makes that possible is getting your body to the right temperature. So whether you want to get more fit, be a better parent, or get more done at work, better sleep with Miracle-Made Sheets will help you tap into the power of self-cooling temperature regulation, which has been shown to improve deep sleep quality by over 20%. Miracle Sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands, and their sheets use silver-infused fabrics originally developed by NASA. That means Miracle-Made sheets are thermoregulating and are designed to keep you at your ideal temperature for relaxation and deep sleep. With Miracle, you'll get better sleep every night. And just imagine how great it's going to feel waking up, totally rested, ready to go. Plus, their sheets are self-cleaning, thanks to their embedded natural silver that prevents 99.7% bacterial growth. They stay fresh and cleaner three times longer than other sheets. So stop sleeping on bacteria. With Miracle brand sheets, you can sleep comfortably, knowing you'll have fewer breakouts, fewer clogged pores, and fewer skin problems of any kind. So go to trymiracle.com slash Mary to try Miracle made sheets today. And with Mother's and Father's Day just around the corner, this is the perfect way to give someone you love the gift of better and more luxurious sleep. Save over 40% and be sure to use our promo code Mary at checkout to save even more and get three free towels. Miracle is so confident in its product, it's back with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash Mary and use the code Mary to claim your free three-piece towel set, and save over 40%. Again, that's TryMiracle.com slash Mary to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. You can also find the link in the show notes.
2: Yeah, you're not wrong. And I want to talk about that and add something ahead of this, something that folks may have not noticed uh, with what was he doing with this information? Why was he keeping it? If any of you have your indictment handy, printed out or on your screen or uh, not device, not that much of a nerd. Uh, and um, you may notice that on page um, page thirteen, there is uh, there are two photos above paragraph number thirty one, um, and one of them is a you know they're various storage room photos. This is not the famous chandeliered bathroom <laughs> um, and in it someone pointed out I had not looked carefully um, there appears to be a, a, a high tech or a, a, a not a single but a what would you call it a multi volume copy machine and you know a, like a corporate copy machine yeah. in the photo um, now the, the government didn't say uh, yeah. anything about whether he was copying the, the information or not uh, but let's just talk about what that information was. As Mary noted, there you know, there's 31 of the charge counts of the 38, 30, of the 37 accounts directed at Donald Trump, 31 of them were alleged violations of the Espionage Act. And there's a list of 31 documents described in very general terms that go to the kinds of national security concerns that a getting out can hurt You know people in the field actual people who are undercover it also hugely damages our relationship with our allies and further antagonizes our um those who are not our allies people we may call enemies or people who we are less friendly with not our friends because listed here of those 31 like 29 of them reference that there's information about foreign governments' uh, nuclear capacity or defense capabilities. Only two of them are solely about the U.S. The others are kind of a combination. This is, and by the way, this is only 31. Note that there are more than, you know, There are I forgot the exact number of documents that were considered to have national security secrets in them. And there's a reason why these were handpicked. Some of them, I'm sure, they don't want to even bring up, um, it, you know, in trial. There's just too much of a risk of that information getting out there. This is really devastating. The reason why the Espionage Act exists is because it's it, it, it's designed to say people who are holding on to documents, uh, keeping taking, keeping, refusing to return or using um, these uh, national security documents, um, should be charged because we can't have folks taking stuff home from work and refusing to to give it back. We've seen people go to prison. Reality Winner went to prison, others did for far less uh, and did not get the courtesy he he gets. And by the way, I wanna add to what Jennifer Rubin said, which is when she began her timeline of the patient waiting, it had already been a year. Donald Trump leaves office January 20th. It wasn't until February the following year of 2022 that he handed over his first 15 boxes that's when the national archives freaks out because there's very sensitive you know information in the boxes they talk to the doj they get that uh, grand jury subpoena and then he ends up defying the subpoena according to these allegations so between february and august when they ended up getting the search warning going in he was basically yanking their chain and he still is yep. um, and we have apparently the government has him on tape saying you mm-hmm. know you know it's rare that you get this where you get yep. him actually confessing anyway so mary yep. this is this is the worst thing to get out there it's mm-hmm. terrible and you know he had a copy machine so you know i think he might have been selling this stuff uh, for favors
1: and listen motive doesn't matter in this case just if you if you murder somebody doesn't really matter why. If you rob a bank, doesn't really matter why. Um, but uh, I, I think it is important to understand that there may be more coming here. Uh, just because he returned them doesn't mean he didn't make copies. It's Donald, of course, he made copies of them. Um, and uh, I also just want to point out that Jen Taub, as your name is Jen, when you refer to Jen Rubin, you just have to say Jen because will know unless you're talking about yourself, which would be weird.
2: Well, anyway, not everybody I, is listening. Donald. Wait, wait, wait. Let me actually correct you. All right, right. it's okay. It's okay. I get on it. The podcast, Let's move on. Let's move may on. Not Norm, know which Jen was Norm?
1: talking. Okay, yeah. but you'll you'll just mean other Jen in that case. Anyway, Norm, go ahead.
3: <laughs> um, a, a few points. First, one, uh, Kevin McCarthy, who continues to be uh, the worst speaker in the history of. The you mean house.
1: Mr. Garage Door?
3: Yeah, and but also. Yeah. Mr. Hey, the bathroom can be locked. Apparently, right. Kevin McCarthy doesn't realize that you lock a bathroom from the fucking inside. Yes, that's right. you lock it from the Oh, outside. my God. <laughs> so it's very convenient for Chinese spies to go into the bathroom, lock the door so yes, no one yes. can interrupt <laughs> them. Excuse me, I'm not feeling well.
1: I'm going to go into the bathroom and lock the door yeah. for an hour and a half. I, uh, You know, the last thing you want
3: was a bathroom door that can be locked from the outside, which may lock you in. Uh, So a second point on the copying machine. When I saw that, what jumped out at me is I am pretty sure you can take a copying machine and look at what has been copied.
1: Yes, you can.
3: So whether or not the uh, Justice Department investigators took that copying machine, to look at it, which could provide damning evidence of top-secret documents being copied, is a puzzle to me because it appears to still be there. Then, just one other point: um, I'm seeing all of these stories that about the uh, tension between the FBI and the Justice Department over, you know, what the Republicans who support Trump inaccurately call the raid on Mar-a-Lago. That, uh, that 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 uh, apparently, uh, allegedly, uh, Merrick Garland was very reluctant to allow the search of Mar-a-Lago to take place for reasons that, in some ways, you can understand. You're still dealing with a former president going into his residence, even though it is an illegal residence because he's not allowed to have a residence that is, in effect, a uh, hotel. Um, but. Uh, it led me to back to wondering why after we saw the tape of all the boxes being loaded onto the plane to go to bedminster they never issued a search warrant for bedminster you've got i mean it is just almost certain that there are there are other documents at bedminster and probably at some of the other Trump places. I wonder if we have cars that took some of them to Doral, where he has been staying this time. But uh, why we have not yet looked at Bedminster, my guess is that what we have in this 37 count indictment is truly the tip of the iceberg when it comes to what Trump hid away and what he might have done with these documents. Just yeah, a few yeah, absolutely.
0: Quick points. One, yeah. I suppose it's conceivable that they did execute a search warrant at Bedminster. The only way we found out about Mar-a-Lago wow. was because Trump leaked it. So it's not like they have to announce it publicly, but not only did they would. not charge um any document from Bedminster. But they also didn't charge a dissemination count. And the dissemination, apparently, as far as we know, came at Bedminster when he was reading from a document to two different groups of people. People have to understand it's not the same conversation.
5: Right. It's a group of
0: aides and then it's people from his political pack that he is sharing this information. Yeah. So anyone who thinks this was overcharged, I think, is wrong. And something in the back of my mind wonders, I wonder if... He's saving just a little piece of this. If this part of the trial goes south, he can file a suit in New Jersey for those documents and for dissemination.
1: Well, he should be for sure. And I,
0: I wonder if that's a little something. Last point I'll make. They had Chinese spies running yeah. around at, yeah. you know, at Mar-a-Lago. It would have been safer in your bathroom or my bathroom because last time I looked, I didn't have Chinese spies in my home.
1: Well, and, and Jen, that's why the the false equivalence here, which Republican leadership is allowing, either through the same kind of dangerous rhetoric Donald's using or through the very brave silence be like fucking Mitch McConnell, uh, because people are are able to say, well, you know, there was stuff in a garage. Well, you know what? I once had a garage and nobody could get into my garage because it was a, in a private home. This is a very different, this is a social, a members only social club, but with people wandering around who just come in off the street. I mean, it, this is not a safe environment. And in fact, the Washington Post did a really good interactive graphic, just kind of showing how uh, the, the floor plan of Mar-a-Lago, where the documents were, how easy it was to access the areas. And that's the kind of thing we would hope to see in a trial that Amer- the American people could witness right. if we had cameras uh, in I, the courtroom. I
0: would just so- one one small thing. And that is one of the reasons they chose these documents is that they are aware of the gray mail issue. Gray mail is when a defendant in a documents case says to the court, I need to have those documents in order to defend myself, turn them over to me or dismiss the suit. So you have to really hit the sweet spot. They have to be important enough that they're top secret and they're going to impress a jury but not so important that if you were forced to, you couldn't deal with that in a whole process involved with uh, documents that's supposed to be followed, you know, followed in, um, in courts. So you really have to get it right. And in this case, it also had to be from that pool of documents that they could only get from a search warrant. So I think those 37 documents are very carefully selected. And to Norm's point, there have got to be scores, hundreds of others that yeah. are-
1: it, Listen, there's so no up. reason to, hang on a second, Brian. There's no reason yeah. to think that uh, stuff isn't buried in that extremely creepy, weird grave site on the the back yeah, nine yeah. uh, where, I mean, first of all, she was cremated. What was she being buried for? That's yeah. that's one issue. but. Who gets buried on a freaking golf course? Anyway, that aside, we're, we're going to assume that Jack Smith knows what he's doing. So, Brian, um, to quote my favorite serial killer in the excellent <laughs> show uh, Mind Hunters, um, talking about giving Donald due process and treating him like any other defendant is... Uh, closing the barn door after the horses have escaped somewhat. I mean, he's never, there's always been a double standard, but unlike Donald and his supporters, it's always uh, unlike their representation that it's always been against him. It's always favored him. He's always been treated with ridiculous amounts of deference and patience and all this other stuff. So how do we, what do we do when it keeps being presented in this way? Like, you know, he really needs to be treated fairly i mean if by fairly you mean like everybody else well we've already failed that test because he left the courthouse today
4: yes that's all right a couple i'll answer that question but i'm going to get a couple of quick points yeah, to jen to uh, jen i think you're absolutely right we this is not what we've seen in this investigation remember both of the, neither one of these grand juries neither the one in dc nor the one in florida have been dismissed. So this investigation is ongoing. To Norm's point about Bedminster, there were several of us, and I'm gonna give credit to John Bennett, from edit, he's the editor-at-large at CQ Roll Call, Jim Acosta and myself standing on the South Lawn watching the helicopter leave on many occasions in the last few months of the Trump administration with him carting boxes that look eerily familiar. To what we just saw, taking these boxes onto Marine One. And John goes, I Wonder what's in those boxes? <laughs> because he'd be going, Well, I'm going this weekend to Bedminster. And I'm going, What, what, what are you taking light reading with you? And <laughs> like, well, listen, we know you don't read. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm pretty sure that somewhere, someway, somehow, this is not the end of it. To your point, Mary, he has been given an incredible amount of deference. For reasons that escape me and everything that they say about this particular case, you know, it's a two tier justice system. No, this if you don't prosecute him, that shows a two tier justice system. You are giving the man an incredible amount of deference already to his station or his former station in this country. He has set and made history with the simple fact that he is the first to be in, uh, impeached twice and indicted twice, and facing a federal indictment for, prosec- for uh, prosecuting him for obstruction of justice. There really aren't very many more serious things than that. I mean, I guess seditious conspiracy, you know, that's that's it, which may be coming. Well. So that's. I just I, asked Stuart Rhodes. Yeah, I mean. If you look at the numbers, this guy could spend if he ever sees if he's found looking with a presumption of innocence until proven guilty by a reasonable doubt and a court of law of his. Sorry,
1: I just rolled my eyes. Sorry, it was involuntary. It was involuntary.
4: Then he is innocent until proven guilty. I'll give him that. However, knowing the guy and spending four or five years in close proximity to him, this is all because of Donald Trump's hubris and he's falling because of it. He will, I don't know if he'll ever see, that deference is what I'm afraid of, found guilty and no real jail time. Just wearing a, I mean, I could see a plea deal where he's got to wear an ankle bracelet, stay in Mar-a-Lago, stay off social media and not run for office. And he would make political hay out of that before he finally shut him up. I, I, um, I am like you. I am extremely concerned about the deference that we've already shown him when he has shown no... This is you know, today. His own mouthpiece said, "Look, uh, we, the, the people who run this country hate hate the United States. They hate Donald Trump. Confusing love of country for love of Donald. He has destroyed the fabric or ripped it asunder of this nation. Show no deference to the ideals that we stand for. I would love to see him have gone into jail today. Them slapped the cuffs on him and thrown his butt in jail until he made bail, which yeah. he would do by bouncing a check to another attorney."
1: And again, if he had been anybody else, that's exactly what would have happened. And the only reason uh, his co-conspirator wasn't thrown into jail is because Donald wasn't. Yeah, if he had been standing alone, he would have been thrown into jail. Absolutely. And also, I think you know one of one of the frustrations, especially for for lay people like me, is that, and this is true in the Georgia case and the January sixth case as well. It's the, He's guilty. We have the evidence. it's right in front of us, or it's we have the recordings of it. And again, it seems like the process is playing out in a way that only benefits him. And um, you know, I guess maybe this doesn't matter as much, but he's got these people defending him no matter what. He has nothing but contempt for them. Like he feels about them the way he feels about these these documents they're they're his to do yes with what he wants and uh you know i norm I'm, I'm sure you saw the picture of the box that had been knocked over and there are these top secret classified documents yeah. just spilled out although i was also noticed a couple of them were were newspaper uh, front pages of newspapers that had donald's picture on them um but you know just spilled out on the floor in some, some storage room and like that's him like you know he was a slob when he was a kid, my grandmother used to complain about it all the time. So the idea that this man has any respect for anything or anybody beyond his own self-interest is also, I, I think it just adds to how infuriating it is that he continues to benefit from a system he's seeking to destroy.
3: And it, it's very troubling because we know that he's engaged in criminal behavior over the course of his entire life. And he's gotten away with it. He's gotten away with it by having armies of lawyers who've delayed and uh, managed to get him past things by bribing people, by doing all kinds of acts to get away with it. And we have to be fearful that it'll happen again. Uh, You know, when I saw Rachel Maddow suggest that maybe there should be a plea deal where he agrees not to run for any other office uh, in return for not prosecuting him. I almost threw a brick through the television set. Um, but I also think that he wouldn't take a deal like that if Aileen Cannon is the judge, because it's entirely possible that she will not only delay the trial, but maybe even do a directed verdict. Uh, so we've got that uh, to consider and to worry about. The yeah. other thing, yeah. just going back, you know, we know that foreign governments, whether they're allies or adversaries, spend Huge sums of money to try and get American secrets or get into what's going on in this country. What a bargain to pay two hundred thousand bucks for admission to Mar-a-Lago. And you know, I'm thinking maybe maybe some government put together a wedding band for when they. (laughs) So they're up on the stage in the ballroom, and while the band is playing. You know, YMCA, they're leaping through the documents. They're
1: stuffing Um, top secret documents down there. The code is,
2: can you show me where the restroom is? (laughs) Whoop them, whoop them, gang them, stuff. You know what? (laughs) Unfortunately, like, I mean,
1: the like, and the problem is, like, none of this is funny because that probably happened. Some version of that probably happened. And tonight, to your point, Norm, or to your last point, he's charging a hundred thousand bucks to get into Bedminster, where, uh-huh. for all we know, yeah, I mean, what is it? A hundred, it's it's like 90,000 to have dinner with him, 100,000 to rent a shovel and go down to the back nine and dig up the grave. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But anyway. Um, B-Y-O-S,
2: bring your own <laughs> bring, shovel. Bring your own shovel. Cool. Jen Rubin, uh-huh. I still
1: want to get to you and the alien cannon issue, but Unindicted Waj is in the house. And um, Unindicted Waj, uh, <laughs> I, I am continue to be so troubled. Like you know, Norm's mentioning what Rachel Maddow, who really should know better, said about you know a freaking plea deal. I mean, what to the greatest traitor to America? So, I mean, look, we we saw how that worked out with Robert E. Lee, and uh, not Jeffrey. I always call him Jefferson Sessions, Jefferson Davis. <laughs> Same difference. Jefferson airplane. You know they, hey, hey now. they got away <laughs> with it. They got pardoned posthumously. We saw what happened when for when they made that egregious deal with Spiro Agnew, mm. and uh, Ford uh, pardoned Nixon. And I, I was thinking about this. And I was like, what? the next president should have been a Democrat because the two Republicans, I mean, the right, the Speaker of the House should have been. Be, what like what is going on? have we not learned our lesson and the only good thing is that we finally put to rest this this talking point can america handle it if donald trump's indicted the answer is waj unindicted waj emphatically yes. yes so now the question is can america handle it if he's not convicted and and or would i and i think this would be worse he is offered like this sweet plea deal uh, or he's pardoned.
5: Yeah, America has always been hijacked by white supremacy and capitalism, right? And I sound like a broken record, but I'm glad you mentioned Robert E. Lee and Jefferson Airplane Davis uh, as excellent examples of traitors to America, actual traitors to America who decide to fight against the United States of America to maintain the obscene abomination of slavery, lost... And this is how white privilege exists. You know, whenever, whenever people say, show me that white privilege exists. I'm like, in order for me to have statues and restaurants named after me, and I would have to create statues, we have <laughs> racist traitors to the United States of America who lost the war, who have statues named after them. Right. And, and, and the narrative that was spun to appease this minority of white rage right that's what happened which is why some historians say actually the south ended up winning right. the civil war uh, they
1: did and unindicted watch i just want to add something really yeah. quickly so people understand that this is a an issue of white privilege this is not about republicans and democrats the person who pardoned robert E. lee in his probably i think worst pardon yep. uh of the two was gerald ford the person who who uh pardoned jefferson davis sessions beauregard whatever davies was jimmy carter
5: there you go and and it just goes to show you how democrats have have to always even now with immigration with crime just look right right now what's happening defense spending yeah defense spending have to always appease the bad faith actions of an increasingly radicalized and weaponized white supremacist minority that is willing to burn down everything for the sake of power And so, like I've said on your show before, the reason why I've been uh, increasingly skeptical, see, I measure wins differently. And and, and by wins, I'm putting on my political cap now, right? Ideally, yes, you want to see the rule of law win. You want to see the fact that no one is above the law, the fact that they have Trump dead to rights, the fact that he's such an amazingly reckless criminal who admits his crimes on tape repeatedly. It's like a gift for a prosecutor. It's a slam dunk. Georgia alone should get him in jail. This with the tapes, you know, I recommend everyone read the indictment. If you don't want to read the indictment, Ali Velshi has a podcast where he reads the indictment, uh, which was fun. I, I, uh, so I listened to him do it for a while. I mean, dead to rights, you have him, and we haven't even talked about January sixth, and we haven't even talked about the, the New York case, uh, uh, it, uh, the, the multiple counts that Alvin Bragg bought, a- and we haven't, uh, we haven't even talked about the, uh, the other financial crimes, right? So I know there's a part of us that wants to see him convicted, but. I'm also a student of U.S. history, like you, Mary. And Richard Nixon got pardoned. You know what happened? To Richard Nixon wrote a lot of books. Went on a became a tour.
1: statesman. For God's <laughs> sakes,
5: they they thanked him for opening China. Like and so I don't think a Republican president who is the front runner for the GOP in 2024, who represents white supremacy and capitalism, will ever spend a day in jail. Precisely for these reasons, I think my win right and and this is what frustrates people last thing i'll say is i was talking to friends like how does this guy get away with it and now in the new york times they're they're showing latino voters who are saying we're praying for him because he's pro-family and he's pro-god and you know how the religious right is peeling poc voters which is another thing i've been and warning who's pro-family about. and pro-god uh, well that's what they're saying he's pro basically he's anti-gay who? he's anti-gays and anti-women who? so
1: sorry i missed who
5: uh, uh, there's a Latino pastor who's praying with Trump right now. After uh, oh, after he's saying the-
1: Donald I- is pro. Yes, yes. Take it for me, folks. <laughs> he is the most pro-family person who's ever <laughs> walked the earth. He cares so much about his family, so much. Uh, no, so <laughs> much and so God.
5: That, so this That's is a you mean, know You're gonna the be fact a that Democrats have allowed this to go without fighting back, and, and the last yeah. thing I'll say: the fact that Gavin Newsom fought back. Here's an opportunity for Democrats to fight back really fight. Yeah. Call them elitists. Call them the traitors. Call them the people against a security. Call them the people mm-hmm. who are going against the average Joe, right? And the win for me here, Mary, is not going to be Donald Trump being perp walked into jail. I don't think it's ever going to be ha- happen. What I see the win is, and I know this is going to frustrate a lot of people, is you chip away for the next two years. You chip away, chip away, chip away, chip away, drip, 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 drip. drip. And you've seen the entire Republican establishment go all in with Trump. They're stuck with him. And so now leading up to 2024, as the floodgates open, and I think they will, and I think people will rat on Trump to save their own skin, I think all of them are going to be so complicit that it's going to create a narrative of utter dysfunction and corruption, which worked against Hillary Clinton, a manufactured outrage. Kevin McCarthy and Steve Bannon admitted they did, that hurt her in 2016. That's the political long-term win. And I hope some fighters emerge from the Democratic Party that call this out, which will help the rest of us restore some semblance of democracy. That's that's my I, I know it might seem cynical, folks, but I'm also a realist.
1: No, I don't think it's cynical at all. And and Jen, I, I want to go to you right now, uh, Jen Rubin. Um and one what you said, I think I, I don't know, it's certainly not the best we can hope for, but I do think it's realistic that there is a slow build here. Uh, That more and more comes out, more and more people start to rethink uh, their belief system, their priorities. Um, And I have to be honest, one of the reasons, if it's down to Aileen Cannon uh, to decide whether or not there are cameras in the courtroom, I think one of the reasons she would decline uh, is because bad for Donald. So, Jen, uh, you wrote an article about how very unfit this uh, woman who's 42 and has no experience at doing anything except helping Donald get out of trouble.
0: Yeah. Can I just add one little civil Civil war little note? Yeah. There are also such morons about history. Two of the presidential candidates want to rename what was Fort Bragg, what was changed Fort Bragg. Do you know who Bragg was? Braxton Bragg. He was first of all, he was a southern general. Second of all, he was a slave owner. Third of all, he was the worst general in the South. They want right. a loser.
1: This is what these well, people. But love. they do. They, do. they are do. But it, losers. And just a, another quick point about that: it was renamed Fort Liberty. Like they have a problem with. Well, the truth of the matter is, they do have a problem with that. They do have yeah. a problem
4: yeah. with. Well, that, that tells you everything you need to know about those who oppose it
0: pretty much. Exactly. So yes, um, Eileen can there is a rule. It's not a suggestion. It's not Jen Rubin saying that. there's a rule <laughs> that says if there is bias or the appearance of bias, a federal judge should recuse himself. As Stephen Gillers, who's a uh, professor at NYU ethics expert, say, this is not a moral imperative. This is a rule rule. This is based on a rule. And the question is, does the woman who took a case in which she had no jurisdiction created a special rule just for Donald Trump, because the stigma of being indicted would be too great, who issued rulings that were so atrocious that the 11th Circuit, one of the most conservative circuits in the country, slammed down whether this person may have the appearance of bias in a courtroom in which the guy who nominated her, the guy who she threw a lifeline to, the guy she was slapped down for helping, whether there might be the appearance of bias. And let me say it both ways. If she is actually chastened, which I don't know that she is, and is walking the straight and narrow, his defendants will say, well, of course, she bent over backwards because she was being accused by the mob. And if she's not, if she plays the same game and he's acquitted, all of us will know that justice was once again denied. So there is no universe in which half the country will not believe that this is bias. What better example of the appearance of bias could there be than there is no way for her to shed this appearance of bias? Now, unfortunately, it is left up to the judge. Some commentators have suggested the chief judge could come around and tap her on the shoulder or the 11th Circuit could come around. She didn't have to pay attention to them. She doesn't, she's got lifetime tenure. She can do whatever the hell she wants. I will say I have a little little bit of hope, and it comes from this. We have seen this week a parade of establishment Republicans. Everyone from Trey Gowdy to Mike Pompeo to Chris Christie to Ken we, Buck. They are beginning to break with. Trump saying these are really serious. This is egregious stuff. We've even had a congressman say if it's true and he's convicted, I can't support him. Wow. If she reads the tea leaves that the play for her in future years will have been against Trump, in other words, helping the establishment Republicans get rid of him and get him off the stage, I have no doubt she would do it. But well, why Why would she <laughs> care? Why would she care? Because she wants to be an appellate court judge and someday she wants to be in the Supreme Court. These people oh, are So incredible. she's insane and deluded. She is insane. Okay. And she is incredibly ambitious. So she will do this, figure out... Which way the wind is blowing? Because none of these people have any principles. None of these people are loyal to Trump. They're all in it for them. And when she thought it was going to get her something by helping him stave off um, a search warrant, she went that way. As more Republicans shift the other way, hmm, she may say, oh, maybe I would get more brownie points doing it this way. And if you think that is
1: incredibly cynical.
0: They are. It's It's reality.
1: I mean, exactly. It's just absolutely the reality. Uh, tab I want to move over to you, but want to mention, first of all, that uh, Norm reminded us that there are actual awesome Jeffersons in the world uh, in in the fictional characters of uh, <laughs> George and Louise, uh, who, as Gentile pointed out, were created by another awesome Norm, who's 101 and still kicking, which I love. Um, I like many of you i'm sure grew up watching um the jeffersons which is a spinoff from another show i grew up watching all the family and yeah louise it, i have a soft spot in my heart for louise jefferson in particular wheezy? uh so wheezy wheezy. Wheezy. wheezy wheezy i just absolutely adored uh isabel stanford um anyway uh to slightly more relative relevant uh, matters jen um One thing that I'm finding, and again, it's not surprising, still does shock me a little bit. The uh, elected Republicans or Republicans in in leadership um, who are among those engaging in the most dangerous rhetoric are lawyers. They know they're lying. They know how dangerous this is. What do we do about that? I mean, it's so frustrating uh that i you know it's very and and one of those people by the way jd vance who sadly is a senator which just diminishes that institution uh, in ways that are kind of difficult to describe uh, is putting a hold on uh any nominations to the doj You know, he's basically holding his breath until he turns blue um, because he's just a disruptor. These people have nothing to offer. But so what do we do do about that? And what do we make of the fact that other Republicans who probably know, I mean, who know the score but are also totally cool with having Donald face the consequences of his completely anti-American treasonous actions, Are saying nothing?
2: Are you referring to Mitch McConnell when he was asked today? I am indeed. That's one of the people I'm referring
1: to. Yeah, because nobody gives a shit what Romney has to say. He's a rhino. Mitch McConnell is the majority leader. You know, I'm
2: I'm not. Look,
1: sorry, that's mm, what I meant. I don't mean to
2: defend Mitch McConnell, but the way I try to understand—do you want to? I'm going to mute you. (laughs) So when I try to understand what someone's going to do next, as opposed to what motivates them, or if I want to figure out what motivates someone. I think about what are they going to do next? And then I kind of figure it out, kind of both Mm -hmm. of those things together. Mm -hmm. You know, Mitch McConnell is interested in uh, being in the Senate to further those policies that he wants to further. And also for his own personal benefit. Those are the two things. And You know the way he he has always dealt. I think with Donald Trump is the way uh, that that I'm reminded of. You know, if you're at it's sort of like a corporate employee. You know, CEOs come and go. You know, they're self-aggrandizing. Sometimes they make money for the company. Sometimes they go to jail. Uh, And the regular workers are just going to kind of try to do the work, keep the company running, keep making sure the shareholders, you know, get their dividends and the like. And so if you if you take that analogy over to Congress, you know, he despises Donald Trump. He thinks he's a clown. He will still vote for him if he is the nominee. Um, And he's trying to figure out the best way to keep power for himself in the Republican Party. And there's no benefit to Mitch McConnell to say anything positive or negative about Donald Trump. It doesn't help him. And we've learned that the Republican base isn't going to reward or punish Mitch McConnell for his silence. So he's not going to speak. And as for J.D. Vance, you know, he's kissing Donald's Trump, Donald Trump's us because that's what helped him, uh, you know, has helped him in the past. And he has no moral compass. And he's basically, he's going to take the long odds that Trump will win so that he can advance himself because that's the best plan. Not only mm-hmm. that, people forget. Like you can change your you can be a Republican who says Donald Trump is terrible and a week later say he's great and no one will punish you for that either. So right. so some of the people McConnell doesn't need to play those games. He's been doing the steady thing, you know, doing what he wants to do regardless of the circus. He's just going to keep doing what he wants. And yeah. people like JD, people like, you know, uh, Lindsey Graham who god knows what they have on him I don't even want to see it because but... <laughs> because
1: you want to be able to sleep at night yeah I can and yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: all of them are just doing what no they picture. want to do no and, and no most picture. people don't remember
1: yeah we one only way we want another. we want cameras in the courtroom and nowhere else basically yeah. um so uh yeah I I think that um Mitch McConnell this was my assessment until recently Uh, that Mitch McConnell is the greatest traitor to this country since the aforementioned Robert E. Lee. (laughs) Um, I think Donald is going to seize that prize. Uh, And, you know, one of the things about their treachery that I've always found so despicable is that unlike Robert E. Lee and Jefferson, Starship, Beauregard, Sessions, Davies, is that um, they are trying to take this country down from within. They're trying to destroy the system from within, so that they're not even obvious to most people as enemies. Uh, so, which you know, is yeah. problematic. So, Brian, you have you have some uh, news out of uh, the Mitch the, McConnell camp.
4: Yeah, the, look, to to Jen's point, Mitch McConnell is a smarter version of Donald Trump. Mitch McConnell is about one thing, Mitch McConnell. That's all he's about, whatever furthers his nest, whatever his motivations are. He is. And by the way, I remind everyone again who Mitch McConnell is in the 1984 uh, presidential election. The long coattails of Ronald Reagan included just one new member, one new Republican member of the Senate. That was Mitch McConnell. So in some regards, what we're dealing with today with Donald Trump and the Republican Party is actually rooted in Ronald Reagan, was given to us by richard nixon so this is the ongoing crap that this country has been dealing with since that cancerous stain walked into washington dc walked into the middle of the uh, east in the middle of the west wing dropped this trowel and dumped it on the resolute desk we've been suffering since then for that there was a brief moment in the 70s where I thought maybe we would get through it. It was right about the time we were watching the Jeffersons. Everybody wore the long, horrible pants, and even white <laughs> people had afros back then. And everyone wow, wore that's unforgivable. shoes they, that's, with the bad, fat ties. Anyway, all of that aside, what you're looking at today more than anything else with, with Mitch McConnell is he is simply biding his time till he finds the right uh, path to go down to get yes. him the best thing that he can gain. There's yeah. nothing more to be discerned from Mitch McConnell's actions other than that. It is what will suit him and where he thinks he can progress the best. He he acted like a lapdog. I mean, I actually thought Donald Trump was petting him at one time on when we were in the uh, Rose Garden and he was going, my Mitch is this, my Mitch is that. A week later, he's pissed off at Mitch and Mitch is going after him. This is yeah. all Mitch, Mitch McConnell doesn't care it's, about Donald
1: Trump. It's Kabuki, and I, th- I think uh, Mitch McConnell is probably the most cynical politician who's ex- certainly in in well, modern American. Narcissistic,
4: you got to give him that. I mean, look, well, not I, the I,
1: most I, narcissistic. Yeah,
4: well, Sorry, no, no, I'm but up I there. The story, real quick, before the very first interview I ever had as a reporter outside of my family of politicians. My family was politicians. Was Mitch McConnell? And this was in 1978 when he was a moderate Republican with a civil rights commission and a human rights commission. And he favored women's right to choose. Okay, he he was I went in and the night before I was supposed to go in, my uncle came, pulled me aside and said, Brian, listen, if you're going to go in and interview Mitch, remember, he's about one thing. And I said, what's that? He goes, Mitch McConnell. That was 78. Nothing's changed. He is as as narcissistic, as cynical, as, as evil a human being exists.
1: Yeah, he is. And you're a native Kentuckian, so you know uh, the politics down there very well. Yeah. Um, So Norm. Mitch
0: McConnell was the one who said his excuse for not voting for impeachment was that there were other legal mechanisms for holding him accountable. Now that we found those other legal mechanisms, those don't work either.
1: Yeah. I I mean, he's he's just, if he weren't so evil, we would just. Say he's absurd, um, but Norm, you have you have something to say about other Republican senators who are 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 just uh, completely um, Evil. acting exactly as yeah. you would expect them to.
3: So uh, as long as we praise McConnell, I want to do a little humble brag. I am very high on Mitch's enemies list, and for those of you who are interested, if you Google me and Mitch McConnell. You will find video of him attacking me. Uh, uh, And uh, I responded uh, with a uh, column, actually.
1: (laughs) what
5: I'm doing
3: tonight. (laughs) I took the transcript of the meeting, I went and I did my research, pointed out what he said, and then what he had written and said previously, uh, that almost every word out of his mouth, including A and the was a lie. Yep. And then I said, I report, you decide. So that's me. <laughs> um, now, uh, the uh, Lindsey Graham, a member of the Judiciary Committee for his entire career, a former uh, judge advocate general, uh, said, well, Donald Trump believed that he was complying with the Presidential Records Act, and I don't know. If he doesn't know what's in the Presidential uh, Records Act, he should resign. Of course, there are many reasons why he should yeah, resign. exactly. Little Marco Rubio, uh, the ranking member of the Intelligence Committee, has spouted lies about Trump and national security over and over, should resign immediately from that committee because he should be nowhere near national security.
1: And Bible and verses, Ted, no doubt.
3: Yeah. And Ted Cruz... And of course, you know Trump coined little Marco. Then Trump said about Ted Cruz that Cruz's father had conspired to assassinate John F. Kennedy, uh, slimed Cruz's wife, and no one outdistances Ted Cruz as a lick spittle, which is my favorite word for <laughs> the such last such six hard. years, It's such Donald Trump than Ted Cruz. What an abomination. And of course, they are in a long line of people. We had talked earlier, Jen had mentioned, Jen Rubin, some of the Republicans who had actually uh, said the right thing here. I do want to single out Ken Buck, who is a a card-carrying member of the Freedom Caucus in the House, one of the most extreme members of the House, but also a former prosecutor, Hmm. who went on TV today and not only said these are extremely serious charges, But also, when asked whether he could still support Donald Trump, even if he were convicted, said, Donald Trump set the standard when he said about Hillary Clinton that misusing national security and classified documents disqualifies you from any office, including dog catcher. And Ken Buck said, that's the standard Donald Trump set for himself. So when you see that almost literally handful of elected Republicans willing to step away from the lick spindling you you have to acknowledge them and that's amazing that
1: yes I mean right. I I can count four and uh, as unindicted watch points out the ridiculous poser Nancy mace is not among them <laughs> I mean she's just horrible uh, as as much as she pretends to be I mean moderate which doesn't mean anything. Anymore. Um, okay, so we're going to wrap it up, but I, I would like to go around really quickly and just get everybody's biggest takeaway uh, from either from today or where you think we're heading, because you know we we what we know is that uh, both Donald and his co-conspirator, whose name I can never remember, uh, pleaded not guilty. Uh, we know that no date was set. For the next installment, uh, we know that uh, Aileen Cannon will be presiding over this case unless something happens. Like, unless something rational happens, (laughs) uh, she's gonna be presiding. So uh, Jen, let's, uh, Jen Taub, let's start with you. What's your big, uh, what's your, the last word you wanna leave us with today? Trust the process okay that's actually good that's Walt Nauda, thank you on a dead watch um Waltine, which is a fascinating name I'd never heard that name before um, which is totally irrelevant, but I thought it was an interesting uh I wonder what Donald calls him no, I no. don't uh anyway that's a that's a really interesting uh trust the process. Because, and I'm not, I'm not being cynical, and I'm not, I'm not trying to stir anything up. There's so many reasons not to. Uh, you know, I, I think, I was talking to a friend today about what's been happening, and it's like, you know, every time we seem to be getting some traction, something comes along to pull the rug out from under us. And in this case, it was the fact that Canon got this, fucking case you know i was feeling good about it until then and I uh, you know i think we do need to trust the process because we saw what happened with the 11th circuit last time this is di- very different situation from the last thing involving donald she presided over so uh, i'm gonna go with it uh brian
4: well uh, I've been writing down a couple of notes. So, something always happens. I, I agree with you, Mary. Something always happens, comes along. And once again, we've barely hung on by our fingernails, uh, as, as it always happens with Donald Trump. He is indicted. That is, is a positive step. Um, it's, I think it's part of the natural struggle. Uh, Donald Trump, for, his, uh, for all his foibles, uh, maybe I owe him a, a debt of gratitude for waking other people up. That's about the only positive thing I could ever say about the man. Because like Jen tobb I firmly trust the system. I'm not too worried about this particular judge. It'll be a jury and the prosecution and the facts. And those oh. will be made public in a court of law. And so I have faith that that that, that will happen. And so at the end of the day, <laughs> we're still hanging on by our fingernails. but. Guys, we're still here. So yeah, I
1: mean, cool. listen. I,
4: positiveness as we end.
1: And yeah, just a correction. Jen said, "Press the system, not the process. Sorry, sorry.
4: Process. I trust, trust the process. The, process, not sorry, the, trust. the system is system,
1: corrupt to its core. Well, I um, trust the process
4: in this system this time.
1: I don't trust the <laughs> system at all. And there's no reason. And, you know, I'm saying that as a, a extremely privileged white person. Uh, I, you know, there's no reason to trust this system. But- um hopefully the process will unfold as it should but remember again judges have extraordinary power over what evidence is allowed over the timeline of the trial etc 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 so you know we're gonna we're just gonna have to white knuckle it for a bit until we see uh judge cannon's first maneuvers uh okay jen rubin by the fingernails baby We should not overlook that we
0: passed a marker that many of us thought we would never get to. Many of us thought this Justice Department would never indict Donald Trump, that they were slow walking January 6th, that they didn't have the nerve to do it, that Merrick Garland's notion of an impartial... Justice Department would tend to move him in the direction of doing nothing. But lo and behold, Donald Trump did it again. He declared his presidency. And as a result, Merrick Garland was forced to pick a special counsel and chose the very best special counsel you could possibly ask for, Jack Smith. And Jack Smith does not have a fear that he is turning America into a banana republic. He does not have a fear that setting a precedent means indicting a president who commits crime. And because he is willing to file this case, I think there's a 100% chance, I will go out there, A 100% chance he will file on January 6th. You will file a case on January 6th yeah. and that will be heard by a DC court on what they call the rocket docket. Mm-hmm. So we are going to get accountability may yeah. not be quick, but we're going to get accountability.
1: Yeah. I, I, listen, we, I, I've been saying for a long time, you know, when anybody asked me the question, do you think Donald will be indicted? My answer was always, he has to be. That's all, you know, will he, won't he? He has to be, if the American experiment is going to continue, if American democracy, such as it is, is is ever going to reach its full potential. Um, Unindeaded wash.
5: So I would, my takeaway is that the fight for democracy is going to be a generational fight that will last for our lifetime. Those expecting knockout punches for the past seven years have been disappointed. Uh, You're expecting haymakers. And even though this is a big uh, cross or a hook, I would say it's not going to knock out MAGA or white supremacy or the forces that we have been trying to fight for centuries. Um, I feel like this is something that's going to require a long term commitment and patience And we have to learn from our ancestors who have walked the path and really try to push things forward so women have the right to vote. Gay people can be seen as human beings. People like my parents could actually come to this country because there was a quota uh, on visas for people from Asia for 40 years. And so this is just a a long march in in that continuing journey. And I say that because for those who are cynical of the process or the system, you have every right to be. Because we see those who are wealthy and those who are white get away with it. We see Republicans yeah. get away with it time and time again. But I do want to echo what Jen said. that uh, I you know, Count me as one of those folks who thought that nothing would happen. The fact that this actually happened. The fact that we have a twice impeached, uh, twice indicted Trump. And we still haven't got to Fannie Willis in Georgia. And we still haven't seen what Jack Smith's <laughs> right. going to do in January 6th. And we still haven't seen uh, what Alvin Bragg is going to do. And the fact that the sure. entire Republican Party has gone all in, as we predicted, like I said, this is this is a Faustian bargain. Like lemmings, they will they will rise or sink with Trump. That's it. And so it's an opportunity for the majority. And this is where I have faith. I have faith in the majority to finally flex. And we're seeing that with women coming out, young people coming out and workers coming out for the first time in 40 years. You know what Brian was saying, like Nixon and Reagan, that, that, that combo that people kind of forget that has done so much damage to the legacy of that that we're still dealing with. We're seeing a generation kind of reject that finally. So that's my takeaway from this is don't be too disappointed if you don't see this be the haymaker that you're all w- waiting for. This is a big step in this long march, and, and this is going to be a generational fight for democracy.
1: Yeah, and I think it, it is important to realize how, how many moving pieces uh, there are here. And I've always said that it's it's never going to be one thing. It's going to be, you know, metaphorical death by a thousand lashes. And let us not forget the civil case. Well, let's forget mine because I keep losing. But uh, E. Jean Carroll uh, is continuing to turn Donald Trump into a personal ATM. Mm. Uh, You know, he's a little busy right now with other things. Uh, He's a little distracted, but uh, he will turn his attention back to that. And he will continue to uh, indict himself. Um, So, you know. And and look, I'm I'm still hopeful about my case too. But we'll let's 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 focus on the stuff that's actually moving in the right direction right now. Um, Okay, Norm.
3: So as you mentioned, Eugene Carroll, I thought I just wish I'd been there at the moment when Trump was told, "You have the right to remain silent."
0: Mm. Because
3: (laughs) saying to Trump, "You have the right to remain silent," is like saying to him, "You have the right to hold your breath until you die." (laughs)
1: Uh, or saying
3: they have have the right not to commit atrocities and be corrupt. Uh, But uh, I would say, uh, first, following on unindicted watch, we are still at a very much an existential moment in this country. And uh, this is good news. The fact that uh, yesterday or today, two uh, fake electors were hauled in in front of the continuing January 6th grand jury really does suggest that Jen Rubin is right and that we will see more indictments uh, emerging uh, for Donald Trump. Mark Meadows, we know almost certainly turned on Trump as he faced his own potential charges and may still, and that may have implications, not just for these documents and for this set of indictments, but for January 6th because he was right there when all of those decisions were made. We're gonna see more trials likely. We don't know which one will come first. But with all of that, I'm scared to death about the future of democracy in this country because it's not simply about Donald Trump and whether he goes to the pokey or at least gets convicted of these serious charges. It's about a cult which has the vast majority of powerful elected and non-elected Republicans lining up behind this criminal who is trying to destroy our democracy. And that's not going away anytime soon. And what we see happening in states tells me that we've got bigger problems ahead that are, it's a generational thing, but it may be multiple generations and we may go very far into the abyss before if in our lifetimes we're able to come out. We yeah. need to mobilize and make sure that we do everything we can to protect the fundamentals of where we are. Yeah, and, and, and,
4: and I liberty and is so eternal vigilance type of thing?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I do think that is the message. And yeah. it, re- it reminds us that this is not about one man. Uh, this is not about uh, one transgression. Uh, and most importantly, it reminds us that democracy is not a goal, it's a process and we need to tend to it, Uh, we need to uh, act accordingly. So um, all of you do that, and uh, it is always an honor uh, to be able to call you my friends, and to be able to call on you to help us, to help me, to help people watching and listening understand what's at stake and what you know what we can do what we can expect and uh how to how to negotiate our way uh, through these quite trying times uh while hanging on to hope so uh unindicted wash jen rubin brian Karam, Jen Taub, norm ornstein thank you my friends so much for being here on this uh i'm we should be tired of saying it, but it's gonna keep happening on this very historic day. Uh, Thank you so much, and I will see you soon. Thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, This was essential that we be here. uh, So I hope you found it helpful. yeah it's it's the hits are going to keep coming so we will do our best to stay on top of it to keep you informed um i literally can't think of better people than the nerd avengers to help us uh, get through the next wow uh year and a half we have until the uh 2024 election (laughs) um but seriously it is uh it is so wonderful to have you all hanging in there with us uh, so we will definitely keep at it uh, and see you soon in the meantime please stay safe and be kind